Welcome to this week's edition of Record Roundtable, where we listen to an artist, talk about their music. This week we're talking about My Chemical Romance. This is Caleb Robinson speaking. I'm here with... I'm Dax. Jared. This is Tyler. I'm Lauren. We have our guest Lauren here to talk about... My Chemical Romance. She's our childhood <laughs> friend and longtime lover of uh, My Chemical Romance. And oh, so yeah. she I said, "Hey, you did this thing one time and she'll bring it up. <laughs> she'll bring it up later. She'll tell the story about Oh, we can something. do it now. Yeah, let's do it now. You want to start off with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, it's, why it's, not? It's, it's it'll it'll establish what brought you here. Yeah, let's hear your qualifications. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, um my 18th birthday, my parents decided that I could go anywhere I wanted to within reason. And so, um being the obsessed person I am, I was like, yeah, let's go to New Jersey, man. Because that's where Gerard lives. That's where my Kim was born, you know. So they agreed. And uh, I'm a really good internet creep. So I wanted to go to Gerard's house. <laughs> Which at the time, I don't know why I didn't think that was creepy. But looking back on it, it's really freaking weird. But, you know. So, I, so this was before you could find... At my age, you know, like that was before I could find information easily about people online. So I did my own creeping and eventually found his address because I knew which school district he went to as a child. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so I knew the basis of where he lived, like the general idea. And I, of course, knew the town he grew up in. And um, I knew vaguely what his house looked like because of an extremely old video they put out um, where they filmed it in front of his house. And so I was like, cool, I can just look on Google Earth until I find it because I know like the isolated area it's in. So that's what I did. I creeped on Google Earth until I found the house. And then I had his address. So my parents actually agreed to take me there so that's what we did we had like a whole my chemical romance trip we went to maxwell's which is the club that they first played the played a show at and we Ooh. went yeah it, that was cool and we went to uh his father in law let's see how is it someone their father one of one of their father-in-law's pizza restaurants we went there and i'm like met his father-in-law and then we went up uh, his father <laughs> yeah he was there that is quite the did thing. Did you tell him Honestly. why you were there? Yeah, I have a picture with him. Oh, my goodness. How, how did, how did <laughs> Happy birthday, feel, Lauren. How, how did he feel about the fact that you essentially stalked his son? He in was... Law, in law. I mean, he seemed oh, like kind of okay with it. I don't think he knew the extent of like what I did. Yeah. Hey, I, but... I hunted down a house. No big <laughs> yeah. deal. So, hey man, you ever use Google Earth? Who, uh, it was his father-in-law. Whose father? Were you, no, you, whose wasn't? It? it was. It was Gerard. Yes. Oh man, was it good? Did you have some pie? Yeah, it was so good. They had um, garlic knots that were fucking amazing, man. They were good. But um, so then after that, we found his house, and I was too scared to get out of the car at first because I was afraid he was gonna come out and like yell at me and. <laughs> But I eventually got out of the car and was like, I have pictures of me outside his house. And I knew which window was his bedroom. So I was like kind of trying to see in and creep. Can you send me that picture? Yeah. I, I, I'm going to, we don't usually put pictures in, in record round tables thing. But I'm going to slide it in there somehow. Yeah, we got to get it ooh, in there. Please do. It's on my Facebook. Oh, well, ooh, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll get this yeah. figured out later on. And, They'll um, find it. He'll creep. Yeah. Find and, that picture uh, on Google Earth. I think it was in 2011 or 12. One of the, yeah. And, um, right so before I knew he moved somewhere. Yeah, he lives in LA now, but, um, yeah. Well, he sold his house in 2017, bought a new one. He was in Highland Park. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he also, uh, he has a sign in his window that says, Beware of dog. And I was like, That's a lie. He's allergic to dogs. Oh, God. <laughs> so, I oh yeah, God. just real creepy. And he tries not to he he tries not to pet the dog because uh, he's a hesitant alien. 
I shake my head at you. That's his solo album. His very yeah. first solo album, Hesitant Alien, everybody. Check it out. Jared did it's his good, research, man. and he was ready with a joke. So, anyway. Yeah, so, that was your, so that was your bit for this episode, Jared? Oh, I got more bits for you, baby girl. <laughs> I thought we weren't allowed to do baby girl. I, well, you know, I got yelled at that like not months ago. <laughs> you overdo. Yeah, I don't you overdo, overdo anything. You overdo. I've never overdone a single thing, baby boy. Oh, oh snap. Okay. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. So you want to start off here? Yeah. Or you want me to do a thing? You want to do a thing already? Well, you, you go ahead and oh, hold, 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 let, me, let me hold your hand through this. You talk about their first album, and then I'll do a little thing for you. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Let's talk about their first album. Thanks for holding my hand through that. What's the name of that album? That would be, I Brought You My Bullets, You Brought Me Your Love. What did we, I, I'm assuming... Lauren, did you okay? Did you listen to anything this week, or are you just as so established at listening to my chem at this point that you didn't even need to? I didn't need to, but I did anyway. Okay, yeah. you did anyway. <laughs> I'm gonna do. It. I mean, it's not that long. They only had no. four albums, a length of like three hours for everything. Like, it's not like this was a very light week. Their first album was produced by the lead singer of Thursday, Jeff Rickley. Oh, yeah. was it really? Mm-hmm. They became friends after uh, after playing shows in New Jersey. That's interesting. Yeah, in um, the first Warp tour that My Chemical Romance did, Jeff would frequently come out on stage with them and sing with them. Yeah. Nice. Whoa. Good were, stuff. So, like, the, they were doing shows at Warp tour on I Brought You My Bullets, or did they have, like, is this prior to them even having an album with him? No, that was Bullets. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, what do we think about the first debut album? It's it's very it's very different for obvious reasons. It was me- it was not mixed very well. No, I didn't. I didn't really like it very much. Yeah. To be TBH, yeah. Tyler, what yeah, did you me, think about it? Me either. I didn't like it either. Well, I think that I do, think you want to do. Should I preface all of my answers with I don't like any of them and I don't like my chemical romance? Oh, you didn't like this week oh at all. God. I've I've have a long term relationship with my chemical romance. I don't like them. Okay, let's I, hear it. And I once again did not like them. Uh, well, we but, have two very opposing opinions on this show, I and know, I like the idea of them competing throughout. <laughs> What? I'm not here to compete. I've ended. I've ended my. I've ended my opinionated bits. No, the whole the whole idea of this show is you expressing your opinion. If your opinion is oh, bad, oh, then yeah, we gotta I talk for, about it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot. I forgot that. I forgot. I forgot about that. <laughs> you forgot that you had to talk about what you think about like, the music. I like the song "Cubicles." That's one of. The, it looks like that was one of the first songs that, that he ever wrote. The first song he ever wrote was "Skylines and Turnstiles." Do you know why he wrote it? I do. Why? Yes, because he was on a ferry on his way to New York. To work at his job um when he saw that when the towers went down 9-11 he decided he wasn't doing something that he wanted to with his life and he was like fuck it i'm gonna go for doing this band thing and then he, he right there on the ferry you just kind of started you know thinking about songs and stuff what? why are you laughing what's <laughs> funny about that at all <laughs> what was he doing <laughs> were you a 9-11 joke on this show no, oh no <laughs> I don't you think can't do that. It's I just we accepted the monkey situation. What? Why? I was gonna say I didn't think we we're allowed to call them fairies anymore. <laughs> oh my god! Get out of here! That's <laughs> cut, cut that bit. <laughs> you took over everything to say Why it. I couldn't stop that? laughing. Anyways, Jesus. you're the worst. You ruin everything on this show. I'm sorry. Your damn laughter and your. Bad I read. Jokes. I read that about 9/11 as well. So what was he doing? What job did he have? That he, he, was, he was he didn't hate his job per se, but he just felt like it wasn't he wasn't doing enough with his life, I guess. Mm. Um he was a cartoonist for Adult Swim. Ooh, we we, we oh, do have to talk Gerard about his Way was? cartoon. Yes. Was he, what did he do? So, um Was he inking or was he tracing? He was inking. And he was actually so he was writing a series with his friend um that does the art, I think it's the friend that does the artwork for the Umbrella Academy. Oh, okay. He I don't remember his name, but Gabriel I know Gabriel Ba. Oh, okay. He was um, working on an original show <laughs> called The Breakfast Monkey. Mm. And the reason that Adult Swim didn't pick it up is because Aqua Teen Hunger Force came out at the same time. Oh, really? Yeah, and they didn't want two shows about food. Oh, oh that's dumb. Yeah. Huh. I can't complain about that. What? <laughs> so there's an alternate universe where My Chemical Romance didn't exist and we had two adult swim shows about food. Yeah. Or we, no, we the didn't alternate have, universe is or we no didn't Aqua, have Aqua Teen, yeah. only Gerard Way's show. Yeah. Oh. That's, that's what I was thinking. That's another alternate that they, universe. That they picked 
Breakfast Monkey over Aqua Teen, and then we right. never would have Aqua Teen. We'd only have Breakfast Monkey, and we'd never have Mike him. Because right. most likely that show would not last 20 seasons or 15 I'm, seasons or whatever. I'll have three no. different reiterations. Unfortunately, I'm unfortunately sad in both universes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's going to shit on this whole show, and I love it. There's a singular episode of Breakfast Monkey on YouTube. Oh, is there? There is. Is it good? No. I. No, it's not good. Thank God. I'm... <laughs> I'm biased because I just think Gerard's funny, but aren't there monkeys in the Umbrella Academy? Is that act? There's that... a gorilla body. Hmm. Have you seen the show? No. Oh, okay. I I've been... not because I I don't know. It's just I like the comics a lot. Yeah. And it's if they fuck it up, I'm gonna be mad. Can we? So uh, a lot of people like it a lot. Let's preface this really quickly. What are we talking about, Jared? The Umbrella Academy, the Netflix original series written by Gerard Way, based on his mm-hmm. comic, comic book series, mm-hmm. The Umbrella Academy. And that was, and he was on started Dark Horse. The, what, what, what? On, Dark on Dark Horse. Horse. On Dark Horse. Comics. Dark Horse is a good. That's a great. That's a great publisher. And they, so he started doing that after the last album correct yeah he did uh, after, a comic book he, series a six-part comic book series he wrote umbrella academy after revenge from the oh, true lives of the fabulous mm-hmm. killjoys the, the yeah, final that's album the newest one he that's has the a, newest uh, comic book series you say killjoys is um yeah one of the newest ones he has one he has a new new one that i'm not I haven't read. Did you know that Mikey Way, his brother, young young brother, has a comic book series that's coming out on DC Comics in July this month? No. Mm-mm. Or a month that you might be listening. Could have been previous month if you're listening later on. I don't know. Who knows? Who, Who knows? knows when it will come out? So anyways, let's go back to the actual album. So what was it about the album that you did not like other than the fact – was it just the mixing – because it's pretty, it's pretty rough. Yeah, it's not a good debut album in terms of like that style, that genre. Yeah, like there's better debuts. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It really, I, I think it pretty much comes down to the mixing. I think that the writing is obviously there. I don't think that because the vocal performance is not great either, but it has a lot to do again with the mixing, and it's because like. It's it, like his voice sounds strained in parts of the album. I well, think. he had an abscess the whole time they were recording. Oh, really? And he was in so much pain the whole fucking time. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. know that. That that definitely will affect the uh, the vocal performance he on an, an album. He had an abscess in his um, right, one of his right back teeth in oh. his jaw, and oh. it was hurting him the whole time. Those are not fun. No. Yeah, it hurts. Real, real bad times. He was. It was so bad. Sometimes he was like banging his head against the wall. And they also had to record. So... I do that every time I listen to one of these albums. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right, Statler and Waldorf, you calm down over there. <laughs> Caleb just encouraged him to go, and he told me how excited he was. Way to go, Caleb! You encourageable man. I'm sorry. I thought I thought I think it's pretty funny, but they also had to record in between. I can't remember whose basement they recorded that in. They mm-hmm. recorded it in a basement. That's also why it sounds kind of funky. But sure, um, they had to record in between. Whoever's house it was, mom's vacuuming. I thought they recorded it in the attic. No. Oh, sure. Yeah. Apparently not. <laughs> well, I mean, the major thing, because really, I was gonna say, what do you think that 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 debut album accomplished for them? Because obviously, it wasn't like it didn't have anything really popular on it or anything. But really, what I would uh, say is, Vampires the, is pretty popular. Yeah, I, yeah, Vampires will never hurt you is definitely popular now. But it probably nothing that from the album probably would have gotten popular had it not been for the popularity of everything. Pro, like, I think. Yeah, I mean, I I really like their first album. Mm-hmm. I I like the rawness of it. Yeah. I definitely think having Jeff in their corner helped them get out there a lot, however. So, I mean... Well, well, the big thing that this album accomplished when it comes down to it is is that they got a major label debut out of it. Yeah. And so, the transition into three cheers for Sweet... Oh, you got something still, Mr. Jared? It was in an attic. The song Early Sun... Was it in an attic? Yeah. Their first thing they recorded was called The Attic Demos. Oh. That's not Is that separate? separate. That's yeah. Thing? That's different. So they have attic they, demos and they have a basement yeah, album. Um, <laughs> they can never make it to the first floor. That's there are do. so on first floor records on um the first DVD they released. Mm-hmm. They have the attic demos on on a B side CD. Huh. Yeah. I know I saw attic somewhere. 
the song Early Sunsets over Monroeville is uh, inspired by the George A. Romero film Dawn of the Dead. Yes, it Ooh. is. And, and Gerard said that it is a sweet song about Dawn of the Dead. I did not know that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Facts. Facts indeed. That's my thing. No, you're Dax. Dax facts. Dax facts. Ooh. I still think this album has some of their most brutal lyrics, though. Would you like to, to say some of them? Um, Like in Head, for, Head First for Halos. Mm-hmm. And as the fragments of my skull begin to fall, fall on your tongue like pixie dust, just think happy thoughts. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't see any information about him working for Adult Swim. None? He worked for Cartoon Network, yeah. Oh, Cartoon Network. Well, I mean, same thing, but yeah. 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 Go ahead and do your transfer thing. I'm sorry. Oh no. I okay. Well, we'll I'll talk more about this this dark lyricism thing at some point because I think that's that's something that's worth talking about. Going into Three Cheers, which is their major label debut, I assume that everybody probably enjoyed this more than I brought you bullets because of the fact that it actually sounds much cleaner. Right. And again, it, it obviously they have become better musicians and a lot of their popularity came from this album. Yeah. It didn't blow up from this album per se, but a lot of their popularity started with tracks like I'm Not Okay mm-hmm. and Helena mm-hmm. and what my I think this is my big question for Ghost of You. Ghost of You, which is also oh, a good song. Is really what was it that you, from your perspective, that made it that they actually blew up? Because this was not a style of music that really became popular without them. Like right. e- emo music wasn't really a thing because it it was goths. <laughs> goths. It wasn't that emo music didn't exist before My Chemical Romance by any means, but emo music actually became mainstream popular from them. I would argue. I think it was partly their pop elements i would agree um they were one of the i wouldn't i won't say the first because you know music history but um they were one of the first contemporary bands i would say that mixed such dark lyrics and macabre themes with like a more upbeat sound yeah it's okay and um so i definitely think that that helped skyrocket their career was just their uniqueness of like the dark and light aspects. Yeah, they it's weird because they like they would uh, some people describe them as like a pop punk band and mm-hmm. I don't know that That's I It's not entirely accurate, but it's yeah. but it is at the same time like it's yeah. it's very weird, yeah. It's like it's fair that they're in the same conversation as Panic and Fall Out Boy and all that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. But they're more um like gothic and stuff you know yeah i don't even know if that's the most fair but it, it is you know like, yeah they're kind of like if aiden were more poppy you know yeah. what i mean yeah, kinda like, that, yeah, yeah. yeah but they i just they only had one song that really did it for me and they never blew up and i didn't really Who, care aiden? About them. yeah yeah aiden was not a popular band i i would go ahead and ration to say nobody unless you're listening to a my chemical romance episode of a podcast hey. m- most people who are just like casual listeners do not have any clue who aiden was or um what is it, a nightmare of you like goth bands mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. during that time yeah. that you know kind of had relative popularity in terms of like the net fuse I, I bring up fuse as often as i can i was I gonna to say that. that i don't know that i think that fuse was something that actually helped popular make my chemical romance popular was oh, because yeah. there was a musical channel that cared about music like this and that was a that the fact that fuse existed it was a big way for music like this to transition into channels like mtv and vh absolutely mm-hmm. and uh, my chemical romance was the first band to be on Steven's Untitled Rock Show. Really? Oh. And then mm-hmm, and then they, they were on several times after that. And they, they did their uh, 100th episode, too, as like a celebratory first. That's cool. Kind of yeah. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> yeah. You're bringing the fun facts. I, I love this. So Not the Dax facts, though. Not the Dax facts. <laughs> Helena was their first hit. It hit number 33 yeah. on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Oh, yeah, that's, that? what, that's, the one that I, that's the song that I knew at that point in time. Yeah, that's the first song I heard. I think mm-hmm. it was also the first song that I heard. Can we listen to no, it? No, I think the first song yeah. I heard was I'm Not Okay. <laughs> you think so? It has to be. Well, let's listen to Helena. Yeah, listen to it.
the main influence behind the song Helena was from the song Aces High by Iron Maiden and tracks by The Ventures. Ooh. I like oh. Iron Maiden, you guys. Ooh, the Ventures are good. Go ahead and do your golly gene because you did it. Did it do The Offspring had, had a track, came out after Helena. That sounds oddly familiar. Uh, shall we? you guys think no uh, it's thematically very similar but i don't it's oh. not my it's not my favorite from you that's only the first i got more we'll get <laughs> okay, there we'll, get, we'll get, there. get there we'll get there we'll get there okay, that, yeah fun, the music fun video fact. for that song stood out uh as well that's something i remember heavily actually seeing played all the time and again it, the the music video follows along with the same thing that we're talking about with like all of these dark and thematic elements mm-hmm. where like that was not super popularized until no like until my not Hornet. in that style anyway no no it no, was no. the video was directed by mark webb mm-hmm. who directed the reboot of spider-man oh. cool because, like, that Mark a... Webb. That was a, that was a big deal. It's, it's great. I love he it. He directed Spider-Man, and his last name is Webb. <laughs> Wasn't that song about, like, uh, Gerard's grandma dying Yes. Or yeah, she had um, recently passed. And she, whenever she could, she would go to their shows. And he said he remembered her, like, being next to a speaker and just being, like, her facial expressions. Like, she was so supportive, but she was just, like, holding her ears. And, Aww. Yeah, they were very close. She's the one that um, convinced him to um, sing at mm. all. She He was Peter Pan in his elementary school production of Peter Pan oh, because nice. of her. And she made his costume and everything. So really, she's the reason that he even got, you know, eventually got into that kind of stuff. So it so. wasn't Cartoon Network. It was his grandma. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was kind and of 9/11. cool. 9-11. 9-11. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say, too, with the music video is it's interesting because I'm Not Okay had a music video that was much it was like counterculture like it's kind of like we're outsiders we're not accepted kind of thing but it was much less in terms of like dark and like emo and all of that so it was i feel like it was a video that could have been successful more so than what you would have seen from like helena as to say that like mainstream wise it's much easier for a video like that with its thematic elements for it to be popular versus something that has like a funeral and a body. You're saying that Helena is less mainstream. I th- I would think that I'm. I think I'm not okay. Is easier to be a mainstream hit than Helena. Well, was. it was Ooh, one of was the not my first. Experience, though. It was one of the first ones. So like sometimes you have to build. You know what I mean? Like um, I'm not okay. Got to number eighty six on the Hot One Hundred. And then Helena got to, you know, like, so Mm -hmm. with your first singles, you have to build to get to that popularity because like with the Black Parade, which we'll transition to at some point. Yeah. That is where they actually had major hits that people still, you know, not not to say Helena, people don't listen to it. Yeah. But I was talking about, you know, I'll kind of get into into some serious things here. I was talking about earlier how uh, or the other day with with Mr. Caleb that like. You know, I understand that Tyler's not into uh, Mike Kim and, and such, but like this week, I enjoyed this music more because of the nostalgia of like growing up listening to it mm-hmm. than I have listening to like Floyd and the Stones and stuff. So like, even though you know, not as many people know uh, Helena as people know it at com- comfortably numb or the wall, you know, like yeah. the major rock hits. Like, I would prefer to be at a show and they play Helena and everybody sing along. Like, that's, like, one of my favorite parts about, like, going to, um, like, when I go see a punk band at at Bogart's or whatever, like, in between sets, they'll play other people's music that is around, you know, the same genre. And, like, everybody, like, getting excited and singing those songs. Like, people don't get excited necessarily when Floyd comes on. You just get, like, old hippies that shake their head like yeah this is real music well that's just an age gap really when it comes to because we're i mean we're in our 20s and that makes sense that a group like my chemical romance resonates with us and mm -hmm. that another person 
that music would not resonate for them at all. Mm. So this podcast, this episode is very much not for your 30, 40 year old listener. I think that was his point. Yeah. 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 I think that like, I understand your perspective in that it, it resonates with you and it Mm -hmm. has an audience that it resonates with, but it makes sense that it doesn't for other people. I'm not saying that these albums are like, are better than the best rock album. Like this is, in terms of critical acclaim, we're picking some pretty bad albums. Not necessarily. There's actually a pretty well. It, Black Parade is pretty well received. Yeah, if you like uh, alternative well, press. Yeah. But like, no, I, uh, I, mean, well, I mean, Black Parade is is the is the. I mean, it, musically, it is the best album, and I don't mm-hmm. I don't like it, but I don't think it's a bad album. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's a bad album. I'm just saying it's not like, it's not a 500 album you have to hear before you die album. I mean, it's not up there, but no. it's one of the. Yeah, but it's neither are a the... lot of really good albums. You know, I mean, there's a lot of. I just recently looked at a thousand and one album to hear before you die. I looked at the entire list, and there's a, there's multiple albums I would be like, this needs to be on there, and it's not. You know, you hit a couple of things where I'm like, thank God that they put that on there, but there's definitely other ones where I'm like, I can't believe you don't have like this on there, and you have some top forty garbage on there mm-hmm. just because it's from an era where all top 40 music was is garbage you know, on better there? than current garbage. <laughs> yeah garbage is on there mm-hmm. i will say so alternative press did give them a really high rating on black parade but rolling stones gave them an 80 out of 100 well that's pretty good and to be nme gave it a 90 out of 100 that's and no, all music gave it a 90 out of 100 pitchfork never gave them a review Pitchfork hasn't reviewed any of their albums. Yeah, that's not surprising. Pitchfork, Pitchfork would be all, all, all up in their nose about my like romance. Bitch, well, you know. So, wow. Uh, but wow. yeah, I mean, it's it's well received. Majority wise, there are a couple like like lower level, like Sputnik Music gave it a sixty out of a hundred. Pop Matters gave it a sixty out of hundred. Like there are people who didn't receive Black Parade very well. But I think that it's pretty well received critically, at least, and commercially, it was a huge success. Yeah. So that is really, I mean, we don't, I we don't talk as much about like critical versus commercial success, but when it comes down to it, My Chemical Romance were a huge, huge, huge commercial success, especially oh, absolutely. with the Black Parade. It was it did got to number two on the hot or the Billboard 200 album chart, mm-hmm. and it is three times platinum. That's Pretty good for that genre. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, pretty good for any genre, but like especially for, you know, put it, leave it in its um, wheelhouse or you know whatever you know like yeah. You can you compare groups like gr- other groups. Yeah. You know so. Tyler. Yes. I'm assuming then if you said that Black Parade is musically you don't like it but it's musically probably their best album. I'm gonna take a wild guess and say your favorite song is off of Black Parade. Uh, if you had to, if you had to pick a favorite, I understand you don't really like them, but there has to. to be at least one song that like, you know, works for you well enough, I guess. Yeah, I could choose one. I'm sure it would be. I mean, that was the album that I found to be the best. I mean, it was that's just the best album that they have. Mm-hmm, I it agree. Really is. I agree. It's their best. So I could I could choose something off there and have to go over it again real quick. There are a lot of sounds I don't like on it though. So like what you know, I hate. Oh, I hate teenagers. I hate that song. Don't like that song. And it, no, it has a lot of classic rock feel to it. And I hate it. It no. does. It does have a classic rock feel to it. Oh, okay. Here we Dax. go. You know, speaking of that song and having a classic <laughs> rock feel. <laughs> <laughs> what a segue. Do 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 do. Let's listen to teenagers, shall we? up your looks with all the lies in the books to make a citizen out of you because they sleep with a gun and keep an eye on you son so they can watch all the things you do because the drugs never work they're gonna give you a smirk because they got methods of keeping you clean they're gonna rip up your heads you Golly gee, huh? Doesn't that sound familiar? Let's listen mm-hmm. to Steal Away by White Snake. And if you steal away, I'll turn your light into day. I'll get you crying like a drum for a And if you say you will, I'll be your only lover. 
know about that. Yeah. Here's a little fun fact for you. I saw White Snake last summer with my mom, and it was fun. Really? Cool. Mm-hmm. I want to hear a cover real quick. Uh-oh. Somebody. Oh no! I already know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say who covered it. I want Jared to guess. Jared specifically. They're going to ruin your looks with all the lies in the books. They'll make a pill popper out of you. You've got to sleep with it's asked to by Ginger's favorite, Macy Griffin. We both got this right. What do you mean, it's Macy Gray? It's an unmistakable voice. Yeah, I thought, absolutely. here's what, I, here's what, uh, here's what I'll say about it. I wasn't sure if I'd get it, but I, I try. Hey. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> Tyler? Someone once told me the grass is much greener on the other side. Tyler? Jeez. You just try to say goodbye, but you choke. (laughs) (laughs) Oftentimes, I try to walk away, but I stumble. (laughs) All right, we'll talk about all this on the Macy Gray episode that we're never going to fucking do. How about we talk uh, about My Chemical Romance now? (laughs) Okay. I think if I if were I have to were I being forced as you're doing to to choose a song, I would choose Dead Exclamation Point. So while I've got you on the spot, Tyler, uh, why yep. is it that you think that My Chemical Romance's music just doesn't resonate with you? I mean, you didn't grow up like – I mean, you grew up around the time when it got really popular. I think Yeah, that, I heard it. I heard it regularly. Yeah, and so like it's not like you weren't exposed to it. I know like – so from my perspective, like there was a whole culture around My Chemical Romance. They're not like – they're not just a group when it comes down to it. Like there was a whole emo scene that followed My right. Chemical Romance to the ends of the earth. And I was one of them as a child. Wow. And so, like, like I recognize that, like, it didn't resonate with everybody. But I, I'm curious to hear from your perspective why this music doesn't work for you. It didn't work for me. I'll tell you what it was. Because I had friends who liked my chemical romance and had and worked culturally that way as well, I guess, you know. But I was a I was a punk fundamentalist. So, and I was, like, the only kid who listened to what I considered to be true punk and that was my style. I wore jeans with the knees ripped out of them and holy t-shirts and various things like that. And I listened to the Ramones and I listened to, I actually bought in middle school, I bought a Fugazi album. I bought end hits as in like sixth or seventh grade. And I bought in hits and I bought the Clash's first album, both at the same time. And like, that's during the time when, when I had friends who were starting to listen to this and moving into the high school, like early high school years, it was not, it just was never my scene. Never was it my scene. But it's because, like, I had, I listen. I also listened to, you know, the, the people that I hung out with the most listened to Taking Back Sunday. Mm-hmm. Bands that were, that were labeled emo, that were called emo, but that didn't have the same, you know, they were closer to pop punk or they had some kind of weird middle ground, which I listened to them as well. But I also argue with all of my people about how it's not really punk. And if you don't shut up, I'm going to be super pissed at you about telling everyone that it's punk. Sounds like you were a you lot know. of fun to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, it was great. You, it was great time. Would you say well, no one you were Fugazi with me, a so bit of a misfit? Hey. Whoa. They were a huge influence on Mike Romance. Uh, as they should be. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were well, both from Jersey, so. Oh, that's yeah, well, they also have similar themes anyway. Yeah. Well, you know. Mike, I mean, misfits are more like horror, horror, instead of like, you know, potential right. real life. Email. You know. For me, it just—I don't think it never worked because it wasn't—it wasn't my scene. I didn't—I didn't like it. I wasn't into that. Yeah, because I mean, and... really, it, it is interesting that you kind of have to be in the scene to also like the music. Almost like mm-hmm. it's difficult for some people to be into My Chemical Romance casually. It's very it, like it's basically like you're a ride or die. 
Like either you love My Chemical Romance or you're like, this isn't my thing. Like you, it's right. Very few people are just like, eh, yeah, a couple songs are okay, I guess. Like it's not. Right. It, I feel like it is very hot or cold with them. But. It is. But I had the discussion at the time. Here's the other thing: is all of my friends that listen to Taking Back Sunday and that type of stuff, we I didn't talk to them about My Chemical Romance. I talked to about My Chemical Romance to my friends who were in that scene. Like no one else talked about it with me. That's the only people I ever talked to about. But I also ended up talking to them about Paramore and like, you know, various different groups. And I was like, I don't, I, none of it was my scene, but I I listened to it and I heard it and I had conversations about it. It's like other people who weren't, who, it wasn't very much a scene music at the time. Cause like I said, I remember Helena or Helena, however you pronounce it. And I remember all of like the stuff with that and that, and you know, people who didn't get into it at that point in my town, in a small town, like you all were had, did never get into it. I had a group of people I I conversed with about it, but just wasn't. I find it interesting that you've used that word a couple times, scene, which is interesting because that was like a genre. There was like a lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like we're talking about goth and emo and punk and pop punk and all that, but really, like what it boils down to is scene music. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I mean, it's just the most broad. Like music that was popular in the scene at the time. Yeah, like I mean, yeah. it wasn't just the music; it was going to Hot Topic and going to Warp Tour and oh, yeah. like yeah, well. all of the makeup and all. I mean, all of it was like black, all nails, encompassing, like, all of it. Yeah. So I mean, it's like, yeah. which is fine, had, you know. Like I, I had I, rigid division in that situation. Though. All my friends who went to Warp Tour, they went to Hot Topic probably to buy band shirts and studded belts, and that was it. Uh, and they didn't go to see. They went to see, you know, the pop punk bands that they like. Yeah. You know, like that. They went to see Thursday, and they went to see, you know, if Yellow Card was playing, they'd see Yellow Card. Gotcha. And you know, one of my buddies in that sect wore girl pants. I'm currently wearing girl For pants. Instance. Are you really? <laughs> I am wearing girl pants. Nice. So yeah. there you go. He wore girl pants, except they're super tight girl pants. And I was like, I don't know how you wear those, just because I don't know how you can even fit in them. But. There's a you know, video because they're stretchy. <laughs> yeah. There's a video of Gerard when he was having like drug problems and all that kind of stuff. His pants fell down on stage, and then he's talking about it later, and he's like real drunk, and he's just yelling like, "It's this women's cut. It's it just doesn't women. fit right." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, but I mean, I, my friends that like My Chemical Romance, they did. They had they had black nails and they wore. That was Caleb. Like me. various different shit. Yeah. I mean, Caleb had wear. he had like the long hair. It was uh, black, but it yep. wasn't dyed. Yep. yep. Fingerless gloves. Fingerless gloves. <laughs> he, he, yep. he has black yep. fingernails. He he uh, yep. studded belts. Mm-hmm. And he he. I mean, I wore studded belts, but in a pierced his own nose and tried to hide it from my dad one time. No, I remember that. Uh, pierced his lip. That's what it was. I remember that. Yeah. I wore Very a medical strange. mask to hide it. Because that's super emo. <laughs> that works. Yeah, but I mean, what I'm saying, what I'm, I think, what I'm getting at is like, if you know, I think you could generalize scene music, but I don't. It it can be encompassing to all of those things, but I like that those scenes were dramatically different in my experience. I mean, I I had, it you know, I couldn't say that these are these are my scene friends, and it could have it could be my friends who listen to thursday and taking back sunday and my friends listen to my chemical romance all together they were different friends you're saying yeah they were and they didn't hang out together Mm -mm. yeah so here's a question that i that i wanted to pose at some point i guess this is a really good time to do so is the fact that when it comes down to it with this whole scene thing there was a point in time and i'm sure anybody who listened to my chemical romance and anybody who was emo or anything like that their parents at one point would say oh don't worry it's just a phase Oh sure. Mm. Oh absolutely. For some people that's not true. Yep. Lauren for, is still wearing her Halloween is every day right, cap on right now. That is true. Yeah. For me, but for me when it comes down to it, that scene has died. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Somewhat. Predominantly. Alternative Press is not really a popular like magazine anymore. Warp Tour doesn't exist anymore, really. That's true. Mm-hmm. So like what remnants at this point exist? Of the scene and, today. And a lot of those bands are not, I mean, other, like you have the older punk bands like NoFX and yeah. Less Than Jake, I guess Bayside, Stop. I guess, is still in there. Well, groups uh, that yeah. like existed Green before. Day. Yeah. Well, yeah, those did. Well, some of them grew up, like came up in that though. But I see yeah. what you're saying. 
Thrice is like, one who was like a popular like uh, yeah. they were kind of mm. in the scene, but then they but went then you have they became like an alternative rock band. But then you have like Fallout Boy and Panic at the Disco that have basically nothing to do with any of that music that they made at that point. Correct. My Kim is dead. You know, like Paramore is different. I mean, the, they're doing different music, but it's mm-hmm. still kind of a little bit like that. But I. So speaking of that, maybe perhaps let's talk about Danger Days. Oh, that was the. Trend. I have one more thing to say. Oh uh, yeah, please. The song "Teenagers" was featured in an episode of Dog the Bounty Hunter. That's all I need to say. Yeah, oh nice. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, actually, R.I.P. Mrs. Dog. <laughs> yeah, R.I.P. That's right, Beth. Her name is Beth. Yeah, okay. Beth yeah. died. Before uh, before I transition, actually, uh, yeah. Jared, favorite song. Jared, I have one more. They, before, uh, I, I don't, I'm not gonna bring it up. I'm sorry. Okay, well, sure. Uh, well, I did want to. I want to close out in a clear in a, in a brief moment of clarity, if I can. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. For why I guess this is what I should have started with for why this didn't work for me in 2004. Okay, when three cheers, um, yeah, right when three cheers came out, uh, Franz Ferdinand's self title also came out, yeah, and that's why I didn't like My Chemical Romance is because of Franz Ferdinand. I like Franz Ferdinand, that's that was my thing. Uh, so like, like, how about y'all listen to this Franz album? They're like, nah, I don't know. I'm from England. And like, I hate all of you. Every one of you. So basically what it came down to was, is you couldn't like two things at the same time. No, I mean, that's what I'm, what it comes down to is like the things that I was listening to and looking for and the things that I found interesting and like, were different from what other people did. Right. They weren't, it wasn't my chemical romance. It was Franz Ferdinand and it was, and no one ever, I couldn't get anyone to listen to any of that. Like I had no friends. I was the only Probably friend should that have taken him out. I should have. Yep. Every but time that you put a mic him in, you say, "Take me out." But in France, <laughs> two so, jokes about. But I, did, me I, 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 I was. I don't know anyone else other than my neighbor who was a uh, homeschooled Ugh. that listened to France for <laughs> <Ferdinand>. me. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Caleb and I were homeschooled, but I still say, Ugh. "So well, you know, I mean." It, if it makes you feel better, I listened to My Chemical Romance and Franz Ferdinand back in the day. So. That's fine. I they think part of why I didn't like Skrulls just pissed that no one would listen to me when I told them to listen to other things. And they're like, listen to My Chemical Romance. Like, I did. I hate you. It sucked. All right, Jared. Favorite song. Favorite song. I will. I have been thinking about this, and I'm going to say my favorite song is I'm Not Okay, I Promise. You got it. I'm not okay. I will say another thing. I always like to say that I'm going to say a thing uh, because then I say I'm going to say a thing. That's okay. interesting. Okay. You mean for, really. the, for the record roundtable? Yeah, for the record roundtable, everybody. I found this a few weeks ago. I don't know when it was. I found a cover of the song Thank You for the Venom uh, by a band called Outline in Color. If you'd like to play a little snippet of it, you can. Venom. 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 But... That song, like I've gotten into a lot more because of that cover, and I listened to "Thank You for the Venom" from Mike Him. Mm-hmm. Like I knew, I heard the song, and I was like, I think I know what this is, but I didn't like immediately remember that it was a Mike Him cover. And then yep. like it came to me, like a dream. Like a dream. But um, but yeah, I like the cover, and then I'm like, I almost picked that song as my favorite Mike Him song based on me getting into that song more. But I was like, I'll stick with the oldie but goodie. That makes the sense. first song I ever heard from them. When they were touring for Bullets, Gerard wore a shirt that he just wrote on with Sharpie. It said, thank you for the Venom, because he was writing the next album already, and he already had that going. So. Oh, the Venom yeah. is the... Fun fact. Mm. I like these fun facts. These are good. <laughs> Speaking of Dax facts, let's go ahead and throw yeah. to you. You got one? Uh, let's go with uh, Vampire Money. This isn't... Well, I'll just play it. You'll, you'll, you'll get it. You'll get it. Vampire Money. You're choosing, you're choosing Vampire Money. We haven't even got to that album yet. Play it oh, so we can get to that album. That's my favorite album that I wanted to talk about. Ooh, it's his favorite album, everybody. Oh, Wait, Danger Days is your favorite about. album? No. No, it's my favorite album I wanted to talk about. I don't know if I understand. I don't understand. The... Okay, Vampire Money. That 
That's a fun little reference to the sweets, Ballroom mm-hmm. Blitz. All right, Dax Waller, the microphone's in your corner. What's your favorite song from my chem? Uh, probably The Sharpest Lives. So let's talk about Danger Days. So the reason that I wanted to bring up this album, obviously we talk about it to begin with, but because we were talking about briefly the fact that Panic at the Disco went in a different direction with their sound, the fact that Fall Boy went in a different sound, and then My Chemical Romance obviously also went in a different direction with their sound on this album. Tyler, it sounds like you had some thoughts about their sound. I thought it was completely terrible. I thought this album was complete garbage. Ooh, <laughs> okay. I, just, I, listen, I couldn't actually. I'll tell you what happened. I listened to that 30 second little intro and I was like, all right. And then the first song came on. And I go, oh, this, is, this isn't too bad. This might be an okay album. I actually, this, this might end up being my favorite album because um, it's just kind of all right. And then from there on, I was like, nope, 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 nope. Least favorite album. It's complete garbage. It sucks. Every bit of it. It's if I could describe it, I would describe it as arena rock. They're they're like big arena songs. It was their way of almost saying like, "Hey, we have all this popularity now. Let's have songs that people can sing along to at our big shows." And mm-hmm. that was like yeah. the whole point of the album. It felt like, but it's not good. But they're not good. But I feel like Black Parade was like that too, in the terms of having big songs to sing to. Like. Yeah. So it. I mean, obviously, a track like "Welcome to the Black Parade" is one of those. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that is correct me if I'm song. wrong. Yes. Um, but what I, from what I read and understood about this album, they wanted to make a rock record, mm-hmm. so they wanted to get past like the emo music or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so they wanted to make like a straight up rock record. Yeah, they but, pretty much yeah. dropped. But um, what happened was they made a concept album. And it wasn't like a straight up rock record. I mean, like with the little intervals of the radio and stuff. Right. I don't know. So, kind of what happened was they they dropped their whole most of their like dark imagery mm-hmm. and all that. That's true. And um, as they were writing, like you said, they just wanted to make a straight rock record. But as um, they were writing it, Gerard started to also write Danger Days, just as as like a separate entity, like his um, series, the comic book. Yes. yes. And um. So it kind of morphed and turned more into that. And so as far as a concept album goes, I mean, Three Cheers and Black Parade are both concept albums too. Right. Just not so directly as this one. I mean, this one's got like a clear storyline, whereas Black Parade and Revenge are more thematic, more thematically tied than having just like a straight storyline. Yeah. Which like the radio breaks and all that provide. I think on Black Parade, the way what they've done with their sound, it, like I said, I feel like that I really find a lot of like more classic rock elements redone in Black Parade, and I think what they've done musically on that album is actually pretty good. And so, and it's funny because I could I could find various different genres that are nowhere near emo to fit Black Parade into, and it would fit fairly okay in some of those. Okay, and it's like, but when you try to go from there to danger days and you just listen to it and it's just a bunch of, I mean, it's not, there's no, there are zero interesting elements in this album in danger days to me. There's, there are just none. And they've taken, they've replaced all of the little interesting redo bits that they tried to, that, you know, that they did in black parade with a bunch of like loud noise garbage that's just commercial commercialized nonsense and it doesn't it, there's just like no there's no sustenance to this well i feel like that's what happened with all. i feel like that's what happened with like fallout boy albums from we know, going oh, forward very very true i, I mean i mentioned this to you the other day about panic at the disco and fallout boy mm-hmm. i didn't like either of those groups 
when the, when they started either. I didn't like either of them really. Right. And now saying from the their beginning. newest releases, yeah, their newest releases are so bad that I actually like their older music. Yeah, mm. that makes sense. So I found a little thing. So you know the little um, uh, radio. How would you even just like uh, the interludes that the person does? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know the person that's doing it is Stephen Montano, aka Steve Rye, the guitarist from Mindless Self Indulgence. Oh my! Well, that's because they're tied. Which, he's married. He's yeah, married. he's married to Lindsay. To Lindsay, yeah. Who is Gerard? Is married to Lindsay, the, the bassist of Mindless Self Indulgence. Oh my god! Oh my god! Fun facts. Not, that's not fun. How how is it that Jimmy first, Urin is also he does additional vocals on the song Destroya Jimmy from that album? Urin. <clears throat> Good lord. That, I hate that song. Jimmy Urin. You guys are you guys are really break remember that time I did a Mindless Self Indulgence album that we had lost? Yeah, that was a bad time. Uh, it was a bad, bad time. So where else would the scene have gone, I guess, is the question. So you have emo and scene music and whatever and that scene was dying so you know brendan yuri said i'm gonna make pop music follow boy said i'm gonna make garbage electronic <laughs> pop music yeah. yeah my chemical romance decided they were gonna make arena pop music where i mean where else because that 30 seconds to mars was another group that did the same kind of thing i don't put them in they're the not same as genre, they're not as popular but they were in the more. same scene like yeah. the kill was like a song that was really popular within that scene as well sure. yeah. Yeah, a lot true. of a lot of acts the only one that I, there's only a couple that i can think of that like just kind of stayed to their like the used like the oh, used yeah. were like yeah, yeah we're and they've never strayed i don't think yeah like that's <laughs> like an, an act like that like where they never really left their emo roots and they stayed in that sound well, a lot of them just kind of broke up like it a just wasn't them, yeah. sustainable enough they weren't creating the same hits like yellow card weren't like they weren't making ocean avenue like hits anymore mm-hmm. and so they right. kind of stuck around for a little while they did their warp tour tours and then they just kind of did different things now the lead singer of yellow card is touring with newfound glory and he's their like rhythm guitarist and so like yeah even if like you can still stay in the same scene but maybe it's not sustainable enough for every act to stick around forever right i mean at some point mike him will get back together and they'll do a mm-hmm. festival and they'll probably never Ooh, we will make another album. But at okay, some okay. point, they'll probably have to do something again. I mean, maybe if it's not like something creative, but like the money is going to be there enough where they're going to be like, we got to do it. You know, like. You mean sure. how they released another Greatest Hits? Yes. But no, I'm but, talking yeah. like doing Lollapalooza or, um, you know, whatever it is. Some kind of some kind of festival gig that's going to pay them a butt ton of money. Well, according that, to that, Joe Jonas, they've been in the studio. There it is. That's that, what I was. I was waiting for it. Geez. However, no, that, that was that was Frank's band. Oh, Frank's newest band, Frank. Uh, Frankie Yero and the something. Something something. Yeah, I don't know. I know what you're talking about. They yeah. were. They I listened to it. It's not very good. Oh. So those sorry, points, Joe Jonas. Go Jamie ahead, Tyler. Joe. Your points, Jerry, bring up an interesting concept. In terms of the longevity, and you and the, and the initial question does as well. In terms of like the longevity of the genre and an artist within the genre, right? I mean, and the question, like the the point is, like at some point, you know, people are going to enjoy this music that they made for the nostalgic purposes of remembering those that time in their life. And there are certain age, there's like an age range where you connect most with this type of music. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and 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 once once the people creating it are out of an age that makes sense, and once the people who initially heard it are out of that age, then how can you really continue anyway? Yeah, and 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 does the music's purpose in your life change from someone who's like singing and writing about your feelings or your thoughts to a nostalgia of that period of time in your life? Yeah. I've actually been struggling with that idea myself in terms of some of the music I enjoy. Um, Although I've I've bolstered myself to uh, all of the political music I like for the sake of saying that well these are always going to be issues so that will always be helpful to me and I can try to utilize that but you know like how, where did the scene go well I mean it's like everyone who was in this like the scene happened at a certain point in time affected people of a certain age in that time period and now all of those people are older the people who were in the scene as musicians the people who were in the scene exactly they're not writing they can't write about the same stuff anymore you're you know right, like, it just doesn't work and the sound i mean none of it works anymore yeah 
Well, the interesting thing too is even the scene moved on from the scene to a certain degree, where it was like Warp Tour was a bunch of like emo punk bands for a long time, and then all of a sudden Warp Tour turned into like, you know, the a catch-all kind of. It was like well, it was like the right. metal scene for a while too. Well, they had, their where, well, they had like, a lot of hardcore yeah. bands come through, yeah. like you know, hardcore was. Uh... You know, but then you had riffraff, and then like... yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like they 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 just kind of yeah. It became I was gonna say like at first they did this whole Katy like, Perry was there. It was yeah. like um, I'm trying to think of even bands who would fall under this umbrella like a Day to Remember, Devil Wears Prada, Silverstein, all and, that stuff. Yeah. And then and then it was a whole bunch of like no name, not popular acts like that. Like right. we came Shazam. as Romans and who'd you say? Foxy Shazam. But, uh, well, they're I, I mean, Foxy yeah, but Shazam. I don't, I don't not like them. them. I was we gonna say them. like these like Attila, Metal Mirror. Yeah, these yeah. these groups. That's who I'm talking about. The, what's that, that one band? That guy uh, he claimed he was he was kidnapped upon a burning body. Ah, you know about that story? No. He claimed that he was missing, but then it was just a promotional thing for their album. But the label didn't know anything about it, and they oh, were no. really mad at him. I oh, bet. I bet. But like the Not scene, good. the scene moved on, and so there was nowhere for the scene to thrive any longer because that scene had essentially moved on from that to something else. Right. And I definitely and think, I think that's why my Kim's sound changed so much for Danger Days. Yeah. Also, is because like their first. Their first few albums, you know, were like the basic th- themes besides all the like dark imagery and stuff was like, it's okay to be unsure. It's okay to be angry. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, later like Danger Days is all like, it's it's okay to grow up. Because in a sense, because by the time they wrote Danger Days, they were all married. You know, Frank and Gerard had a kid. They, they were together. Con- Oh my yeah. Gosh. <laughs> Go on. They're progressive. <laughs> so I mean, it's just like, why write those? You know, going with well, those same I mean, themes if that's not what you feel. If you're content right. in your life, yeah. you're not going to write that kind of music anymore. Yeah. Are you familiar? That's the point. I mean, you can't. Yeah. You can't get. You can't get to it past that point. You just yeah. like. And also, I think part of it is like the normalization of those ideas as well. I mean, it's not like everyone's they're not the first band to say it's okay to be angry or right. mad about something, but they're the first band to utilize this, the type of imagery, you know, that's, that scene is the, is the scene that utilized a specific type of imagery to convey those things. And it's supposed to be like, a, you know, it, it's a cult following and shocking all at the same time. But once it becomes normalized, what are you going to do? Are you familiar with their feud? Not feud, but uh, Glenn Beck. Have, do you know anything about this? That Glenn Beck called their music propaganda. No, on CNN. That's also insane. Yeah, he did. I mean, he used he kind of I don't want to say took out of context lyrics, but I mean it kind of yeah. was that where they you know he's like, well, you, if if he's calling, I think Gerard basically said, if you're calling me out, that I'm doing something right, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, he's like, and it's a concept album, so it's like he's not even talking about what's happening. Like, I mean, he is, but he's not really talking about what's happening in. Like the United States, he's talking about what's happening with the killjoy. You know, yeah. like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. No, if if you're drawing parallels between a dystopian universe and like real life, then that's the issue, not the like dysto- yeah. like the fictional. Exactly. Universe. Yeah, well, those Man, are the I, you same gave me chills that... just now. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, let me see them arms. You got Ooh. them goosies. You got them goosies. <laughs> I'm crying over here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I read about that a little bit, like on that from that album yeah i didn't i I didn't want to go and watch the you know him talk about i'm sure i could have found on youtube but i was like this isn't really i don't want to go too much into it i just like i wasn't sure if i'd bring it up even but like i don't want to go too much into it but it's still like because he's he we're so past him anyways now like i mean yeah i mean he's not even on fox news anymore he's kind of doing some like cry apologetic i'm sorry for you know what i caused with with trump but He's still like a shit bag. Yeah. Nobody cares yeah. about him. No. Bill O'Reilly's the same way. He got. I'm pretty sure he was fired because he's a yes, machine. But they've all, pig. they've all yep. done the same thing anyway. Yeah. But I mean, Fox like, News ever, is still bad. Yeah. I mean, they've but just fired ever, all the other bad people. And they and got, got new, new bad, bad people. people. Right. <laughs> got new bad the, people. The idea of what they've done, what he did with My Chemical Romance with the album, is the same thing that they always do. Because it's a utilization of scare tactics to take people's words out of context. For the sake of attempting to, you know, scare people into thinking that this is happening. It's the same thing when those kids 
like when Marilyn Manson got blamed for Columbine. It was the same thing. Or when kids commit suicide and people act like it's, you know, and everyone wants to take these lyrics out of context, you know? Did it do? But do I got three. I'm going to go through them real fast. Okay. Okay. Uh, This. All right. First one. uh, We got House of Wolves by My Chemical Romance. And let's go straight into The Jester by Sum 41. Similar. Similar. One year apart. Okay, do cancer next. You could get me a drink of water Cause my lips are chapped and faded Call my Aunt Marie Help her gather all my th- And let's go right into Look What You've Done by Jet Take my photo off the wall If it just won't sing for you Golly gee, huh? One more. We're going to listen to Sound the Bugle from DreamWorks' uh, hit animated movie, Spirit. Stallion of the Cimarron? Yeah, that's the one. (laughs) Oh, my God. When I was a young boy, my father took me in the city to see a talking horse. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all I got. Oh, did you want? Did you not want to play the? Uh... Might as well play. Oh, if well, you want to. That's weird. I wasn't gonna play uh, the regular version. I was gonna play something else. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's happening. Buff Corral, everybody. Hit YouTuber. <laughs> We have a time. Oh, <laughs> we just don't when we? I was a young boy, my father took me into the city to see a marching band. <laughs> All right. All right. I got a few notes. I'll do real fast. I'll yeah. speed through them. Speed through because the, there's something else I have to do before we close. Okay, out. cool. The name My Chemical Romance came from the novel Ecstasy, Three Tales of Chemical Romance that Mikey Way re- read. Okay. He didn't read it. He never read it? He didn't. I, well, he didn't actually read the book. He worked at a Barnes and Nobles and was sorting through books and saw that one and was like, damn, that'd make a cool band name. Written by Irvin Welsh. The uh, album, The Black Parade, has a hidden track called Blood. We love hidden tracks. Mm-hmm. Yes, hidden tracks. We enjoy the cover uh, featuring Burt McCracken from the used uh, cover of David Bowie, Under Pressure. And also, I really enjoy the cover on uh, Desolation Row by the by My Chemical Romance, featured on the Watchmen soundtrack. That's one of my favorites, man. It's a good one. James DeWeese of Reggie and the Full Effect is uh was their keyboardist during their final tour we like him uh, i saw them a few years ago he was also on the album hesitant aliens and he uh, like i said toured with them and uh, ray toro the guitarist and frankie yarrow were featured on reggie and the full effects album no country for old musicians my chemical romance were on an episode of yo gabba gabba they sang the song yes they were every snowflake is different just for you or just like you and it was a part of their Christmas special for the show. Mm-hmm. Mikey Way formed the band Electric Century uh, along with Sleep Station vocalist David Dubiak in 2014. It's a pretty good band. You might like it. Can I'm fitting that Mike Kim song from Yo Gabba Gabba in while you talk. Can you just keep nice. throwing out facts while this plays? I don't think I have any more. Frank's been in like four different bands or at least since Mike Kim's broken up. All my notes are done. 
I did a good job. Close us out, Caleb. This is the song. No. This is the most natural ending we've ever had. No. You <laughs> Good tune. That would be unfair because Lauren hasn't told me her favorite song yet. Oh my god. No, I haven't. Oh god. I don't. We've had all this time. I know. We're running over. It's so hard. My favorite album is actually Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. Fair. Is my favorite album. Mm-hmm. God, favorite song. Uh, how about one that I forgot that I loved it a lot until I listened, re-listened this week? Mama. Okay. Is a great song. Liza Minnelli's on it. It's very theatrical. The hell? I almost picked that. I was so close. Mama's so good. So good. I'm writing this letter and wishing you well. Mama, we all go to hell. Oh, well, now, Mama. Liza Minnelli, Judy Garland's daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. Tyler, do you have any closing thoughts? I don't think so. Jared, <laughs> closing thoughts? You've gotten through your list. No, I got through my notes. I'm real happy. I wrote all these notes down. I was like, I'm not going to be able to say it, and then I was able to say it. So I had a fun time this week. Thanks for coming, everybody. Dax, did you get, got you got through all, all your stuff? Did you have any other thoughts? No, no, I'm good. Lauren, would you like to throw any other uh, fun facts into the show? This is your, your final moment. Oh, God. Your I big could... moment to talk about My Chemical Romance on the airwaves. So listen, man, I could go on for a lot longer, so we better just wrap it up. I will tell you, though, this is kind of a weird thing about the, that also that I've done. At my grandpa's funeral, I, like, insisted that I was going to be a pallbearer because of the Helena video. Nice. And also I dressed like Gerard um, in that video. Nice. To do it, so it's kind of weird. At the funeral. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I, I, uh, one of my grandpa's ties was like red like that, so I wore my grandpa's tie. And... Gerard's grandmother would be so proud. <laughs> <laughs> cool. cool. Oh, and Helena's dress. My mom made me Helena's dress. It was my prom dress, so there's that too. Nice. Fun fact. That is fun. All right, I'm done. I'll, I'll keep going. So <laughs> We'll have you back someday when we are allowed to do another pop punk band. <laughs> Tyler might not have let us, but. <laughs> I like pop punk. All right. <laughs> but I like pop punk. I've never said I haven't. I've told you multiple times that I do. If you'd ever listen to Tyler. I'm sorry. We ready to close out? Yes. Did you have another question to pose to us, or are we done with that? No. My okay. my only thing left to say is that this is my favorite My Chemical Romance song. Cool. Thanks for coming in for this week's record round table. We've been talking about My Chemical Romance. Had our guest Lauren here. Check out our Facebook. Like it. Subscribe and stuff. Next, we're talking about Fiona Apple. 